With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Welcome to the good news. Excited to have Dr. Joe here. He has a big event coming up on Monday. He does a lot of free events just to give back to you and say thanks to the community for his great business and also to help people get healthy because he has a passion for that. Hello, Dr. Joe. Hello, hello. All right, so we'll talk more about health in a minute, but I wanted to share a couple of good news stories with you. But one that really struck me, um, Cars for Kids wanted to remind people how dangerous it is to leave a kid in a hot car so we did an experiment. And, you know, we keep saying, Dr. Joe, that you shouldn't do this. And then, like, 10 kids have died. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens a lot is what happened to a family just recently that was in the news. They were bringing in groceries. Mm. They thought the child had come in or somebody had the child and the child ended up being in the car. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that happens with pets as well. And there was a story over the weekend where there was a rescue and uh, someone came into like a Foot Locker or some kind of shoe store and said, hey, there's a kid outside in the car and she's crying like a two-year-old. Oh. And so the manager of the store went out. She with a, she ended up getting a tire iron. She's a mom and trying to break the window. And what I couldn't believe, Dr. Joe, is there's a crowd of people around the car. Not a single no one man. Said, no one did anything. Not a single man said, hey, let me help you break that window. They're all scared. They're going to get in trouble. And this woman is in tears by now because she can't break the window. It takes her a couple of minutes because people, someone was sitting in a car videotaping it. Mm. Like, oh, look at what's going on here. This lady's breaking a window. I'm going to videotape it. Yeah. So the videotape shows her trying over and over to it. Finally, she breaks it. And she's a hero. This yeah. girl was in not good shape. You know what the heat index was in Kansas when she rescued this girl? Mm. It was two? 110. Oh, boy. Do you know how hot it gets in a car yeah. when it's 110 oh, out? Absolutely. You die. Yeah. It doesn't Done. take that long. Done. So the couple that was caring for the child was so upset when the police came, they wanted to know um, how their window would get paid for, if the insurance would cover it. Yeah. And uh, they were given a ticket for um, child endangerment. Just a ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a ticket. Mm-hmm. A ticket. That's it. When this child could have died. So... Listen, I want to play this for you. Please do. Okay, so it's a 10-minute experiment. So they said to adults, healthy adults like you and Mm me, uh, men and women, we're going to put you in the car for 10 minutes, but they have an emergency button Mm -hmm. that they can push. All the ones I saw on the tape, they didn't make it 10 minutes. They Mm -hmm. pushed the button. Mm -hmm. So just listen to the first part, and this is them. You can they're starting to hyperventilate, you know, hot, and they're sweating, and they're starting to freak out because it's oppressive. And then um, at the end, they're going to tell us later how it felt. So take a listen to the first part. Mm Sorry. I know, it's a little cramped. It is. Did, all right. If you can't make it and you want to get out, press that button. Okay. All right. All right. Your 10 I'm minutes starts in. now. So they're fine for about a minute. Yeah. <sighs> sweating. Really sweating. One guy just starts hyperventilating and coughing. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Starting to freak out a little. And they're all sopping wet by now. Yeah. They're trying to make it 10 minutes. Come on. Oh my god. Yeah. Ah! 
so they pre- they all press the button because yeah. ten minutes it's way too hot. Right, their body's starting to like shut down, and so then here are the people talking about it and what it would be like for a kid without a button to push. Mm. Okay, let's get you out of there. Oh, so not good. No, <laughs> terrible. I mean, I'm not claustrophobic, but I, I needed to get out. That was one of the worst things I've ever gone through in my life. I feel like a pot of pasta. <laughs> it seems fine at first, but like once that door closed, like almost immediately, like it gets really hot and like the air flow becomes almost oppressive. I felt claustrophobic. Like I, I, I felt like I, I couldn't breathe. How long was it? Seven minutes? Seven, that's it? Yeah. Like so much longer than that. How do you feel about it when um, a parent might be leaving their kid in there for just a few minutes in the middle of the summer? Are you kidding me? No, not at all. Scary stuff. I think to myself, like, I couldn't take it. I could press the button, they couldn't press the button. They'd just be sitting there. I can only imagine how a child or in there just waiting for someone to come and get them. So then they have a baby in the back mm-hmm. and it's crying in the back seat of a car. So I see that that woman is a hero this weekend that worked at the shoe store and came out, you know, and broke. And I have a woman that I interview weekly and she's the car coach, Lauren Fix. And she said she numerous times called 911 when she's seen kids in cars mm-hmm. and she doesn't care how angry people get. No, no, because it's just it's it's. You know, that whole mindset, I go back to, okay, what's this person thinking? And they don't, they never thought that this would happen to them. They never thought it would be them. And then there are studies that, that as the crowd gathers around a crazy situation, less action is taken because they're, whatever reason, it's just paralyzed. They think either somebody else or it's just weird that the less people, the faster the action or someone steps in and does things. So th- this just kind of stuff just breaks my heart because, uh, you know, the children are always dear to our hearts and just that process, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in that And car. I think most people just think it's going to be a minute and then they get a text or an important it's phone just, call, they run into a friend, they forget the kids in the car or they think they're dropping them off at, you know, uh, they, they, they normally don't drop them off at daycare and that day they're in the back seat and they go to work and forget yeah. the kid at work in the car. So I am telling and, you, don't even do it if you think it's going to be a minute. I mean, I, I've got four kids. I've left them at friends's. I've left one at church one time, you know, so it's not hard to forget your child, especially when you have four of them, you know. Um, but just to be, I mean, whether it's a dog, whether it's, you know, anybody, just think and expect, you know, think of the worst and then don't do this. Yeah. Please, please, yeah. please, please, please don't And do again, this. if you just think it's going to be a minute, you, yeah. you could get distracted. Or First what if something happened to you when you just left him well, for a minute? Well, there you go, you know? yeah, yeah. And you couldn't it's, get back well, to the, the car. That's the thing. You, you think, oh, it's just going to be a minute. And again, you know, I, one, one of the, my kids know this. If I say, hey, go do this. Oh, just a minute. I'm like, excuse me? You know, first-time obedience? What did you just say? No, you didn't just tell me one minute. It just, and that's kind of the thing where I just, well, I like, look, I need, it wasn't a suggestion. Do it now, please. And so with this here, please, people, do not do this, please. And we just keep hearing about more and more accidents. I'm sure you're like, oh, we know this is common sense, Angie. But boy, when I hear these stories, it breaks my heart. All right. uh, This is such an interesting good news story, Dr. Joe. And I wanted to share this with you because you talk a lot about, you know, the mental aspect of our health and thinking positive things, doing the right thing, being a kind person. And this is the last place where you'd expect people being kind to others. So this is in Canada with a cop going undercover because two people in wheelchairs had been robbed. 
And so he put all this thought into it. He borrowed a $1,600 wheelchair. He pretended to have a brain injury. He changed the way he speaks. He sat on a corner. He found the right neighborhood. And then they're videotaping it because they want to catch the bad guys, right? Yeah. Is this going to be a happy story? Because you already got me emotional about the kids' story. So at least no. let's, let's do a happy story. You would not believe he okay. did not make a single bust. <laughs> but when, and he's not panhandling, by the way. Right. But the acts of kindness yes. that people showed him uh, being you know, um, paralyzed. He pretended to be paralyzed with a brain injury in a wheelchair. And Good. that he couldn't count. He told them like if, he, if they wanted to make change or whatever. He said, I can't count. And you would not believe the acts of kindness uh, that were you know, aimed at him. Take a listen. Good. Happy story. Thank you. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Horsley. In response to two knife point robberies of victims who were in wheelchairs, I went undercover. I deployed in a motorized wheelchair and I portrayed a paralyzed person who had a brain injury. And this is what I experienced. The community accepted me very quickly as being one of theirs. And I had an opportunity to hear the stories from different people and to really get to know people while I was down there. In this particular case, a young man visiting from Quebec asked for permission to pray for me, and his prayers were adamant for my healing. In this particular case, this young man picked up my camera. I thought he might take it, and then he looked down and he saw some money hanging out of a waist pouch, and he reached down and he zipped it up. He told me about his troubles, about him caring for his mother, who was also a wheelchair person. Here he is zipping up the waist pouch, saying, be careful, you don't want to lose your money. In all my interactions with people, I told them I couldn't count. And when we were exchanging food or different things, uh, they would take change from my hand. Not once did anybody shortchange me. In fact, at the end of the five deployments in this project, I was ahead by $24.75. And he's not panhandling. No. And it gets better. I mean, he's at first he was disappointed because he's like, wait, <laughs> I'm not getting the bad guy. I'm bust somebody. I want to bust somebody. And he put so much effort into this undercover operation. They got cameras. They got backup yeah. police officers. They got a cop on a wheelchair. They are ready to make it. They're ready to cuff you. Yeah. And then there's more kindness. Take a listen. Here's a case where a lady wanted uh, change for a $5 bill. Again, I told her I couldn't count, and she took the exact change out. Not one person shortchanged. Not one person took advantage of my vulnerability. In this case, I'm talking to a young man late at night in a bar district, and he took 75 cents and just gave it to me. The generosity, the caring was inspiring. In this project, I had an opportunity to experience Vancouver's downtown east side from a different perspective, that of a four foot seven vulnerable person in a wheelchair. The caring and compassion expressed to me in my undercover role was inspiring. This community has soul. Victimizing the vulnerable is far beneath the people of the downtown east side. For the very rare and despicable person who's willing to victimize vulnerable people, you should know the police are watched. But more importantly, the people of the downtown east side are watched. They care and they take care of their vulnerable people. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yep. And, and that, they interviewed him, be. and he said he was just so... You know, these cops are hardened. When they make arrests, they're seeing, like, the bad of the bad, the yeah. worst of the worst, you know? And so this gave him some faith in humanity again. And this is, you know, being kind to others, the Bible teaches that. I mean, all these basic things are taught in the Bible, but to have them out on the streets in a rough neighborhood, it, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've been reading this book called The Art of Neighboring by my friend uh, Dave Runyon, and it's it's basically that's... You know, what he experienced is the basic of human nature. That's how we were created to treat each other. Not leave not leave kids in cars. You know, I that breaks my heart because we, we, t we tend to start thinking, oh, this becomes a problem. But the, really... 
what this gentleman experienced as a police officer in Vancouver is really what my hope as a doctor is to bring health and healing to people so that they can then in turn be kind to one another. That's how we fix a lot of the problems in the society. That's how we fix a lot of issues, you know, because again, take this kindness and now we see the baby in the car and split second, you got five guys, five gals, well, all crowbars, you know, trying to get the baby out. That's what really begins to happen. So it's cool. Cool story. Yeah, I thought it was really neat. All right, and I always think of you when I see a wedding when the dad's not there because I know that you oh. lost a friend and patient uh, to brain year. cancer. Yes, and his yeah. daughter got married shortly after he died, and you went to the wedding, and I know it broke your heart to be at the wedding when her Still dad does. couldn't Still be does. there. Yep. And so I know you have a passion for making sure that you know all dads are at all their daughter's weddings because you're trying to get us all healthy. And so this particular story, um, I, I want you to hear the first part. There's a little, it's a little garbled here and there in the first part, but what's interesting okay so he's been dating this girl this young man's been dating this girl for seven years and so he knew the dad the mm. dad has passed away mm. and he's not able to ask the dad's hand in marriage so he does he wanted to so badly but he can't he's he's not there mm -hmm. um so he calls the brother and sister uh, which will be his brother and sister-in-law and asks them and then he writes a letter to the dad mm. but just listen to the brother the, the phone calls kind of um chopped in half because the brother says you know um hold on a second, let me get somewhere else, you know, because he was kind of shocked by the question. Right. And then he starts talking to him about how he loves him like a brother. And you can tell, like, bro, you know, like, oh, it's yeah. a little bit awkward. Like, oh, well, I figured you were going to get married. That cracks me up. But, he, you know, they love each other. And they the, the, the siblings appreciate that he's calling them to yeah. ask for their sister's hand in marriage. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, dude? Nothing. Just up here. My phone's working. What's up? Uh, I, I had a question for you. Um, I, I just wanted to know if you'd be cool with me asking your sister to marry me. Hey, Danielle. Hey. What's up? How are you? I'm doing good. I just had a question for you. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of me asking Healy to marry me? <laughs> brother was so cute yeah oh yeah uh, yeah bro i mean i love you like a brother i figured you'd get married just like he was so taken aback you know he's at work and he had to change room so now you're going to hear greg was the dad who passed away uh -huh. and Haley's the girl so he writes a letter to greg um telling him how he's going to take care of Haley, even though greg's not there this was his way of still asking greg for uh you know her hand in marriage right, right. dear greg i'm going to marry your daughter I always thought of how I was going to ask for your blessing one day, and now the day is here. I wish you were here to hand your baby girl off to me, so I promise to be more than you would ever want me to be. 
I want to be the man who shows her love and patience and gives her everything she needs. I'll tell her exactly how beautiful she is, and I'll show her how to believe in herself. I will take care of her. I want to give her experiences people only dream of. I love her unconditionally. Because I wouldn't want to see the world with anybody else. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yeah. You didn't tell me to bring tissue today for the, for the radio show. You know, that's a real man right there. That's a real man that, because uh, I have four children and, you know, they're getting, they're not, not, I, who knows how close I'll be to them coming, but, you know, marriage isn't for cowards. And this young man, obviously, you know, he did the best thing he could and he wrote a letter. And a lot of people have either want forgiveness or they want blessings or they have questions to ask people they can ask because the person died. Um, and so writing a letter like this is a beautiful way of getting whatever it is off your mind, your heart, your chest, and having that acceptance that, you know, that you, you feel accepted by the family, you feel accepted by God, you feel accepted because now you've forgiven this person. It's huge at what he did, and, you know, he'll stick to his promise. And he knew the dad. That's just yeah. neat that he did get to know him. And so with that said, I know that you have, um, you know, with your friend losing his battle with cancer and not mm -hmm. being able to attend his uh, daughter's wedding, it's been a year since he passed away, um, that... You know, you you are you have such a passion for helping people get healthy. You have a lot of free events, and you've got something coming up on Monday. Right. Uh, so let's talk about that. What's going to happen at that? Well, the thing is, too many people are hurting out there, and it's affecting them physically, emotionally, mentally, and they don't think that this little thing now that's not going away will affect my decisions. To be there at the wedding. Be there for the graduation. And so, if you know, people who are dealing with fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety. Um, multiple sclerosis, skin issues like eczema, uh, asthma, autoimmune disorders, um, even with children ADHD. You know, if you're overweight, you can't lose weight. These are all signs of inflammation in the body. And one of the reasons for that is because of what we're doing to mess up our gut, if you would. That if you've been a C-section, if you were born C-section, if you've ever had antibiotics, if you have more uh, of a sugary diet, the more American Standard diet, then that is messing with your stomach and throwing off the, the bugs, if you would, and when the bugs are unhappy, they make you unhappy. And some, so, so, so as we're getting it healthy and seeing miracles in our office for the last 23 years, we're seeing, wow, what I eat does matter. And if I eat the food the way God designed it, then all these things can literally make the bugs happy in my gut and get a proper balance. And then people are losing weight. They're, they're getting better grades. They're no longer depressed. We're seeing all these things happen. So inflammation is the key. Inflammation is the key to cancer and heart disease and diabetes and Alzheimer's. And yet we're doing it every day with our food. And the problem is that in America, we're so quick to give a medication but not change the diet. Yeah, no. and we think it's like the medication. We think nothing of taking this we, chemical we put in our body. But then it's like, oh, well, could you change this or try this nat more natural things? We were like, oh, I don't know. That sounds a little quacky. Well, why does the drug not seem well, quacky? We're, we're not getting to the cause of the problem. Problem. That's the issue. It's like putting a Band-Aid on, on the problem. And, and, and not even that. At least the Band-Aid stops the bleeding. What we are is we're creating more sickness and disease inside that body. Never gets to the cause of it. And so by pushing, whether it's a child with ADHD or it's autoimmune disorders or trying to lose weight, we'll buy everything to try to fix that symptom. But realizing if we'll just get our gut healthy and boost our immune system, then amazing things can happen. And so that's what this workshop's all about. I mean, it's too yeah, much you can put on a flyer. Yeah. It's going to be at my office in North Glen. Um, it's going to be this Monday night on the 27th. It's at 6.30. And again, um, seats are filling up. It, it doesn't cost anything to come, but we still have a limited number of tickets to give out. And so if you want to come, I'll get I'll give you two free tickets and we'll set, set you a seat. All you got to do is call my cell phone at 303 Three four nine sixty eleven again three zero three 
347-349-6011 or go to spinegeek.com and contact us that way and if, just tell them I heard you on Angie and we'll give you two free tickets. All right, coming up next, Dr. Joe, CYT, Christian Youth Theater. I love these kids. They so love this organization. I know you've got a son that's into acting mm-hmm. and they're so supportive of each other. It's a Christian environment. They do shows that are like big time shows, but they build character. They build confidence and you're going to hear from two of the girls um, that they've been in this for years. They're only 15, uh, but I believe one started when she was nine and another started when she was 10 or 11. And they're going to talk about all the things they've learned and gained through the organization. And they have a lot of classes and upcoming shows. I think it's a great group to get involved with. We'll be right back with the good news. Eight ten KLVZ, Brighton, Denver, and the entire Front Range. Online at klvz.com. A Crawford Broadcasting Station. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. You know, do you have dreams that you'd like to reach, goals, desires? Are you hurting? Are you sad? Have you had a loss? I have the most wonderful thing for you. Last year, I said, I'd love to get some of the great speakers from around Denver and have kind of like our own women of faith. So it's called Real Women, Real Issues, Real Solutions. Last year, the women said it was life-changing, and they asked us if we would do it again. So we have six wonderful speakers, myself included. I'm going to be talking about, uh, do you want to be a victim or a victor? Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, talking about letting go of the past. We're going to talk about reaching your goals with Carrie Conley. Michelle Ron, Miss Senior America, talking about choices and aiming towards Christ. Angel Tussie, radio host on AM560, talking about how she resurrected her marriage and her home life and how to have home life in balance. And no one has a better life than Angel. And Diane Lopes, talking about money and trust. I have to tell you, as a Christian woman, I feel so blessed to be part of this. I would love for you to come. AngieAustinRadio.com for tickets October 3rd in Highlands Ranch. Hey, it's Angie. Do you have things you want to give away, but you know, you feel like, oh, it's too nice and I just want to give it away or it's too much of a hassle to bring it down to donate it? Well, guess what? I'm very good friends with the ARC organization. My friend Francis Owens is here and you'll come pick up our stuff for free. We will. I won't personally, <laughs> although I guess I could. Yes. I actually do some of that, but we would love anything you'd like to donate. Nice items, even if they're not quite so nice. Things sell. It's amazing. It's like you're always on a hunt. Please call 303 Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We'd love to come pick up anything you'd like to donate. Well, I have to tell you, we donate a lot because my husband refuses to let things hang around the house. And he used to just <laughs> aim for the trash. And now he knows no. we have an ARC box. Yep. And you know we've even brought a trailer load down. And that's before I knew that you would come pick up things for free. And if you want more information about shopping with a purpose, they have great items at ARC. All of the money stays locally to help the disabled community. Go to arcthrift.org. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and I I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. 
Hello, it's your pal Angie Austin. You know, I have to tell you, if you enjoy the good news, I would love your support. I would love to team up with you, to partner with you, and help you grow your business or your nonprofit. And also, you could support the good news at the same time. I know all of my sponsors personally. I really enjoy working with these advertisers because we have friendships as well as a business relationship. This show means the world to me. I have a passion for sharing good news, and I have a passion for my faith, and I would also have a passion for you and, and building your business as well. You can reach me at angieaustinnews at gmail.com, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you. Pleasant to your ears, rejuvenating to your soul. 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back to the good news. Always exciting to have CYT in the studio. The Christian Youth Theater. I, I'm such a, a fan of theirs because I love their shows. I love how they work with the kids. I love the faith-based aspect of getting these theater kids all together to support each other and have fun and further their talents. But I think it's a great community that becomes family-ish in the environment. And we have Julie Payne back. She's the artistic director and also Alicia Wheelock, the area coordinator with two of the girls involved with CYT. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. You know, every time we um, we talk, it's so refreshing to hear the kids talk about the community environment. So let's talk about it from the adults' perspective, what you guys see um, at CYT as they're learning their craft and doing shows together, which, by the way, are very professional for kids' shows. Uh, so kudos to you guys for that. But um, talk about what you see them learning. Besides just theater, I feel like they learn really neat people skills and how to build friendships and care about each other. Well, that's absolutely right. Uh, first of all, one of the things that we do as a theater education program that's a little different from others is that we not only work on character development on stage, but off stage as well. So we try to uh, teach them character uh, traits that make them uh, better people in this world, that they understand each other a little better, that they get along with each other, that they learn because when you're in a theater environment, you have to work together as a group. They learn those skills. And theater sort of automatically brings with it the um, the skills in being up in front of people and presentation skills and building confidence and all of that, and that's great. But we also try to take that a step further with working as a group together and making sure that they get along all the way from 8 to 18 years old in our shows so that we have a, a, a nice sense of ensemble together. And I think one of the things that's also different about us is there are other theater, there's lots of educational theater organizations around town, but I've been told by a few of the parents that the, one of the differences is they pull up, drop their kid off, and then that's it. They pick them up at the end of rehearsal. With us, the parents are also involved, so there's a real sense of community. Oh, mm -hmm. really? Okay, so one thing that you just mentioned that really stands out to me as you talk about the skills for theater, they aren't just skills that are applicable when they're on stage. You talked about, you know, doing presentations and confidence and speaking ability. And you had a girl in the last time, a young woman, that talked about how shy she was and how the skills she's learned have really changed her as a person and that has really increased her ability to succeed in school because she's not so introverted. She's able now to overcome her fear of speaking and really do well in school because of that. Right. And that we see that a lot. Uh, first of all, I love the shy kids because I myself was one, and so I understand how that is to feel shy but also know that there's this little performer inside of yeah. you that can't wait to get out. So we like to watch that kind of growth in our kids. 
All right. You also, um, besides school skills and, you know, uh, skills that get them, you know, uh, raise their confidence, um, I I, I hear time and time again that there's an environment in many of the schools that's one of bullying. And sometimes when kids are artistic, they maybe don't fit in with the crowd that excels in in sports. Sometimes, I'm I'm generalizing here, and that the kids have said that there's a bullying environment sometimes towards some of the artistic kids, but that in CYT, you teach the kids to, um, they have like a mentor, an older kid that helps them, and that they don't feel bullied or out of place at CYT, that they never feel ostracized because of their talents or skills or being different. Exactly. I think that there's a real feeling of acceptance. And also we do pair them with big sibs and little sibs so that if there's somebody who's new, I've seen the kids when there's a new person who's just starting with CYT be very purposeful in going around and wrapping that that kid into the environment and letting them feel accepted. Mm -hmm. Welcoming them rather than staring at them in the corner like, oh, there's a new kid. Exactly. And so, Alicia, do you see that too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and I think a lot of times we'll also have even kids that are in high school that are doing their first show. Yeah. Paired with someone else who might be in high school as well. They might be the same age, but who's just been there for so much longer. And, you know, they're scooping up not only the eight, nine-year-olds that are brand new to the program, but also some of those older kids that might be joining in for the first time as well. Well, I'm going to have the girls jump in now. We've got Hannah Dodson and Skylar Whalen. Um, how do you girls feel about that and the environment that's there? You know, uh, either of you can start. Go ahead, Hannah, go ahead. Okay. Well, um, I think that, like, when I first came to CYT, I obviously, I came back, so I felt really welcomed there. And I remember my big sib is still at CYT. She's graduating this year, but um, she brought me into the whole community. And um, we have a group called the Hype Members, and they all are super welcoming, and they always just introduce all the new kids to the people who've been there and once you're in your once you're in CYT you never feel like you're unwelcome to come back you're always I always feel that I um, am happy to come back and that's important isn't it when you're in school and maybe you know school isn't always like that you might not always feel welcome in certain crowds or certain classes or certain sports or you know to always feel welcome is really a nice thing when you're a teenager I'll bet yeah I definitely rely on um CYT and CYT is um, also like made me like um, more of an extrovert than I was before because of like how people are more welcoming and you realize that there's like um, pe- there's a lot of people to um, come back to if you don't feel welcome at school. If you- uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I totally get that. All right, Skylar, how about you? Did How did you feel about the environment and welcoming? And did, did you have someone that, you know, that, uh, that buddied up with you when you first started? Um, my first show was a long time ago. And I remember my first sib. Um, she was great. She was one of the leads. And I was only 10 years old. And she kept with me and whenever I didn't know what to do she always was like oh don't worry this is how you do it just come ask me any questions and I never felt out of place there I always felt welcome and that I could always trust people there and that I was never judged there 
Well, um, and that takes a lot of the fear away. If you, I mean, that to me would be the fear. Like, what if I don't know where the microphone is, or do I stand there? Do I say this? Is it time for me to go out? Is it not? You know, do I wear this hat or that hat? You know, I mean, just little things that could freak kids out and make them not want to come back. You know, if they if they don't know the answers. So one thing I see uh, Hannah and Skylar over and over again, and Hannah's fifteen and Skylar's fifteen, is that the kids come back year after year after year. This isn't like a rec center class that you try once and you're like, yeah, it's all right. This is like. It's like addicting to these kids, like that environment, that love, that family feeling, and also your artistic talents being developed. It seems to be something that these you guys come you started when you were nine or ten Skylar and Hannah you started 10 or 11 right in there so years now that you're 15 that you've been in it so let's talk about um Skylar you said when you first came so what was it like when you first came why why were you so excited about it why have you stayed what have you gotten out of it your experience um my neighbor actually got me to join CYT and now he's um still in CYT he's getting leads and stuff and when he introduced me I was really nervous to like know the directors and stuff, but they're all, everyone's really nice. The kids, the directors, um, we do come to be a family. And with Big Sibs and Little Sibs, it kind of isn't about who is older and younger. It's about who's been there longer and to teach you. But at the end, everyone at the cast party is crying because they don't want to leave each other and you become such good friends and even if you're not doing cyt anymore you're still hanging out you're still a part of the community there's a couple of seniors that i'm still in touch with that graduated this last year it's really neat all right how about you hannah talk about your experience in starting and when you first got there and you like did your first show what did it feel like i'm curious well my first show was probably my favorite most favorite show because there was um it was a really small cast and it was really we had a really tight and close like um knit cast and um my little sisters were um what my little sister was also in it and we um like at first we me and my sister thought that we were going to be like in the corner sitting like eating by ourselves like eating our little lunch by ourselves but then we um like all the cast just welcomed us in like they hadn't like we were just had been there all along so it was really welcoming I love that and then how about the excitement of like being on stage right away did you love that your eyes got really big when I said that yeah I had done choir and stuff before but I'd never like performed on stage with costumes in a set and um that was super I I I just really love it still all right, so we'll talk about, um, we'll go back to you, Skylar, some of the favorite things you've learned or done. Like, do you like to sing? Do you like the acting? Do you dance? I know that there are different skills you can use. Um, talk about some of the things that maybe even you didn't know you were good at or that you've really developed and gone, wow, maybe this could be something that I, I'm, I, I am really good at. Um, well, I think in almost every show I've been a dancer that I've ever been in. And I my parents used to tease me, and they called me skis because I have – big feet and some of the directors have come up to me over time like Skylar why don't you dance more and I just kind of say well I'm not very good at it and every one of them has said Skylar you're really good at it and I was like wow uh, I didn't know that and then with singing I wasn't very comfortable singing in front of people before my first show and then after that with um, all of our CYT friends we kind of go around into supermarkets and we just kind of sing what the song's on in the supermarket and everyone gives us weird looks, but 
we don't care. It's fun. So now you're not as self-conscious about your talents anymore. You're kind of embracing and we're seeing that maybe you have something other people see that you didn't notice uh, or realize yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Is that exciting? Is it fun? It's very exciting and it's a lot of new things that come up. Um, every time we do a CYT show, there's not something that I've already known. There's always something new and different that I always learn in every single show. Does it give you courage to try new things that maybe you don't think you're good at in school or other settings that you're like, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go for this. Has your confidence increased? Most definitely. I am not a shy person anymore as I was when I was much smaller. And um, I used to not speak in front of class at all. I would always stay to myself in my desk, never raise my hand. But now I am one of the louder kids in the class. Interesting. So it's really changed your personality or at least let you embrace your personality and feel more comfortable with it. How about you, Hannah? What kind of changes have you seen in yourself since you started? You are so excited. You're so, you guys are so stinking (laughs) cute. I can't stand it. You're like, when I ask you questions, your eyes get all sparkly and you're like, Ooh, I want to tell you more about CYT. (laughs) And by the way, if you're just joining us, a Christian youth theater, um, it's around the country. We're talking about in the Denver metro area right here, but you can look it up on the internet and they have shows that are really wonderful. But uh, in the summer, you can get involved in their classes and camps. And as you can tell from Hannah and Skylar talking, the kids really um, have a lot of fun and have a lot of companionship, camaraderie, a family environment, but they develop their character and they learn skills, which, um, you know, as we just mentioned, help boost their confidence. So Hannah, talk about um, some of the things that maybe you know, ways you've changed or some of the skills that you've um, grown or embraced or didn't even know you had. Well, when coming into CYT, I had only sung before in choir, and so it was a big group of voices, um, and I, like, never really sung alone in choir. I'd always sung all together, um, but come after um, being in CYT, I'd learned that I really loved to dance, and I really loved to act, and having all the kids around me um, that are had been in CYT before being really talented, it made, it pushed me to work harder at uh-huh. what I've like to do so it, it pushed you on that their talent made you um, want to be even better yourself mm-hmm. that's really cool rather than intimidate you it, um, it pushed you to be better all right I want to ask you guys too because this is an, always an interesting question for me how is um how is CYT different from school how is it better different um, you know but some kids may have a great school experience and they're like oh well both are great but is C- you tell me how CYT might be different and or better if it is from regular school or the environment at school well I know um, at my school a lot of the juniors and seniors like to keep to themselves and just stick with all the juniors and seniors um, but at CYT I don't I don't think anyone sees age at CYT. We just all come together. So, yeah. I like that. So you hang out with the older kids and there's no, like, looking down on the younger kids. All right. And there there is a lot of... uh, uh, almost like separation between grades in high school, you know. Yeah. All right. How, how about you, Skylar? Um, in a lot of high school productions, there's the leads and then there's the ensemble. And the leads hang out with the leads and the ensemble hangs out with the ensemble. Really? Okay. Um, but in CYT, there's not those defined groups. Everyone kind of hangs out with everyone, just depending on... Um, the show like the entire show hangs out with the entire cast do you think that faith is part of that that you know as christians and cyt being obviously a christian organization that um there's a more loving environment or kids are more willing to be like kind to each other because that's kind of the basic you know tenet of our faith you know to be kind to one another and love one another do you think that that's part of it how does faith play into cyt well um first i think it's really amazing that 
in before and after every um like uh, every rehearsal um someone from the cast uh says a prayer for the um day and for the rehearsal That's and for nice. the show and so i just think that um like having one different person every day praying for the rehearsal is um super cool and brings us all together how about you scholar do you think faith plays into it the environment at cyt um yeah because in CYT, everyone's praying around each other. Um, we're always praying for the show, um, and we're during lunch we pray for our or dinner we pray for our food, and we also pray for the entire show. And I think everyone's more loving towards each other when it comes to faith, and everyone knows that they can be comfortable around each other. Right, and not have to f- hide their faith. Or, all right. So Alicia and uh, Julie, so you're listening. Um, how does that make you feel? I mean, this is like what you do. This is your career. This is, I mean, you nurture these kids and then to see their eyes sparkle and light up when they talk about it. How does that make you feel about what you do with CYT? Uh, well, I think it's really great. And I think it was Hannah earlier that mentioned the hype group. It's our group of high school leaders. Hype stands for high school youth pursuing excellence. And so, um, it's a group of high schoolers that I've worked with since my time at CYT. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, just sort of separately You're outside young of too. rehearsals. Like she almost fits in with you guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but you could be, you could wear, you know, like a little, you know, pink flowery shirt. And I think you're right in there with them. <laughs> I'll take that for as long as I can yeah. get it. So, so, that, so you've been um, working with a lot of the hype kids. And yeah. The hype group. And, uh, and so Skylar and Hannah are actually, this is going to be their first year in Hype. Cool. So they went through the interview process and talked about, um, you know, so you can just really see that, you know, it's purposeful with what we want to do to get these kids to connect. And I think that Skylar and Hannah are great examples of that since they both mentioned, you know, these older kids that they looked up to when they first came to CYT and now they are not just they're going above and beyond to be a part of that effort as well well and it's great to have that supportive environment to really be able to take those talents and as you mentioned hannah you saw talented kids and so you want to get better like they are um you know like the older kids and um i think in some environments kids are teased or if they try to if they have a talent they might be made fun of or you know and so it's so nice to have this nurturing environment as you know uh julie uh being the artistic director for them to be their best that support is so necessary because a couple of criticisms from mean kids can really take kids down a notch and destroy their confidence so what a great environment so if people want to get involved um, talk about how they get involved it's it's very economical in the classes and um, in the shows etc we have our fall classes are open for registration now and they can go to our website which is cytdenver.org and we also have auditions coming up for our fall production and they can see about that on there too excellent you can go to the shows too and be in the audience we've gone to several of them and they're a lot of fun so hannah and skylar was it fun did you guys have fun on the radio yep Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love all your excitement about life. I want some of that. That's awesome. All right, we'll be right back with the good news. No need to wait until Sunday to sing your favorite worship songs. Join in right here on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. 
it's Angie Austin with the good news. I would love for you to come to our women's conference on October 3rd. Michelle, Ron, what are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about fabulous things to make you better every single day. And I'm going to talk about attitude and choices. Make the choice to come. You'll be glad. And I'm going to talk about becoming a victor rather than a victim. And with some stories from my childhood and what I overcame, that I hope will help and touch you. Robbie Yopes, you went last year. You'll be the MC this year. What was it like last year? Life-changing. It was amazing. Please come. Don't miss out on this. Invest in yourself. And Tyra, you're my favorite singer in the United States of America, and you're going to be singing for us. How is it to be involved this year? It is exciting. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. He's going to do something pretty darn awesome. Amen. It was my dream to have like a Women of Faith Denver type event, and that's what we had last year, and we're having it again this year. It's on October 3rd. If you're feeling low, if you're feeling blue, if you need to pick me up, if you need a hug from Jesus, please come. Go to AngieAustinRadio.com. Click on Upcoming Events. I know you have dreams. I know you have goals. I know you want to achieve them. And sometimes, let's be honest, we get tired. We give up. Carrie Connolly is here. She helps us achieve our dreams and come up with a vision for life. And she has a big event that will help us reach our goals. It's the Big Epic Summer Summit. What will we learn there, Carrie Connolly? What we're going to learn there is I'm going to do a two-hour workshop from noon to two. It's an all-day event, but I'll be the keynote speaker that day on End It the Way You Intend It, not letting 2015 go by without hitting all your big, hairy, audacious goals. Now, a lot of people kind of just like they they run out of steam in, in the summer. You're halfway through the year, and you think it's important for us to write things down to come up with a vision. Will you teach us that as well? I will be teaching that and how to end this year with the big, hairy goals you started with in January. And there's some specific tips that Carrie gives people and entrepreneurs as well uh, that help you achieve your goals. How do they get info if they'd like to attend, Carrie? They can register at theconnectingexperts.com. Connectingexperts.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. This is a good place. I really like it. This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Break and sorting the different Brick Break stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's ARCthrift.com. Yeah, overall, I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business, and I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions, News at gmail.com. Again, it's News at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news. 810 KLVZ, where love lives. 
Welcome back to the good news. I am so excited because, you know, I loved women of faith when I was in my 20s. And I thought, I'd love to speak for women of faith. Well, guess what? We've got great speakers right here in Denver. And I thought, why not get my friends that I know are tremendously motivating, strong women of Christ and get them together? So on October 3rd, we have been brought back by popular demand. We did this event last year and uh, we're doing it again this year on October 3rd. And I have two of my fellow speakers here, radio host Angel Tassi from AM560. Hi, Angel. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for this event, Angie. You're right. I grew up. We all grew up with Women of Faith. And, you know, it was just always at that perfect time of year where you just needed, you just need to be filled up. You know, your tank was kind of empty. And I'll tell you what, the, the group of gals that are coming to speak at this one, at this event, Real Women, the second year in a row. We're going we're gonna to fill some tanks. I am so <laughs> excited to do it. And last year, Beatrice, you were one of the top-rated speakers, by the way. Uh, what are you going to talk about this year, Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life? Well, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. This year, I'm going to Woo, talk about... Hallelujah! <laughs> we're going to talk about letting go of the past and grabbing hold of that incredible future that God has for us. You know, we as women, for some reason... Angel, we just hold on to stuff like, I mean, it's like old baggage. Yeah, we're proud of that. We, yeah. put, a, we put a little bow on it. Yeah, and, say, and we talk about it. I say, girl, you remember what I went through 10 years ago, girl? <laughs> girl, you know it's still the Angie, you know what I went through, girl? I can't just let it go. Yeah, I can't. Yes, we, yes, we can. Yes, and we can. You and I really like to talk about forgiveness. I'm yes. going to be talking about becoming a victor rather than a victim. And many people who listen to the show know that I didn't have the easiest start. You know, I actually became a Christian when I wasn't living at home. I was living in kind of a relative slash foster care type situation when I was first brought to church. And I'm so grateful for that because I believe for me it was life changing. And so I want to talk about becoming a a victor rather than a victim. You know, I lost my uncle to an overdose when he was a senior Mm. citizen. I I lost my brother to meth addiction. He's homeless. I don't know where he is. I lost another brother to murder who was, you know, probably not with the best crowd of people. Lost my dad for a good 40 years to alcoholism and just got him back and, you know, grew up in low income housing with not a lot of support support and, you know, living with different relatives and friends. So how do you take that and decide, you know what, I'm not letting that define me. I am going to become a victor. And I believe my faith and the steps I took Mm -hmm. have a lot to do with that. And Angel, I really am so excited you're going to talk about your message because when you told me that you and your husband, who I think, to be honest with you, of all my friends, you guys have one of the best marriages of anyone I know. Mm -hmm. You love each other. You're so excited to see each other. You're so happy. When you told me that years ago you went through a bumpy time and almost got a divorce, I said, you have to talk about that because you guys are like the dream couple. And I've already had an email from someone who wants to hear your message because a lot of people face bumps in the roads in their marriages Mm -hmm. and they want to hear from you and how you got through it. Well, I am excited. This will be the first time I share this story from from stage. Mm-hmm. And it was years ago. I've been very private about about this time of life uh, that that Jay and I went through. But we did. We were we were knocking on divorce's door. Amen. And Amen. and so the story of how we overcame it, things that we did uh, to come through it, and we do. We have a much stronger marriage. But we here's do. the thing, Angie. We all have. We all have something. We all have something we've oh, come absolutely. through. And and if we can use that yes. to say, look, you don't have to stay in that That's space. Right. You don't have to be the victim there forever. Right. This can be a stepping stone how you help other people come out of that and overachieve. And I think there we almost have a responsibility to share our struggles. Yes, but not in a way 
-hmm. that says I'm still wearing it and I'm still kind of bringing it down, but saying you, you don't have to stay in that space. Let's hold hands together and let's, let's crawl out of it together. And we're not an island. We're supposed to come together and lift each other up and give options and solutions. And it's real women, real issues, real solutions. Mm -hmm. It's October 3rd. And last year, Beatrice, didn't women tell us it was life changing? Yes, they did. I heard that up until this year. This one um, chick, and you know, I, tell, I call ladies <laughs> chicks all the chick. time. This one chick came to me and she said, oh, I remember you. You were at the Real Women, Real Issues. She said, I wanted to hear you, but I had to leave early. Can you get that message to me? And I had to go and, and get it from our organizer, get wow. the, the MP3 and send it to this chick. And it just that blessed her. That was so her. nice of you. Hallelujah. All right, so it's October 3rd, and it's in uh, uh, Highlands Ranch slash Littleton at Jubilee Church. Go to AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com and then click on upcoming events and it will take you right to the Eventbrite page. We'll have breakfast. We'll have lunch. We've made it affordable. You'll hear six speakers. We have an incredible MC. We have, I, I have to tell you, my favorite singer that I think will really touch your heart. Oh, yes, and Lord. I think, again, I think this will be life-changing because you know what? The Lord wants us to live lives that are satisfying and Amen. uplifting and filled with joy. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.